da 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 Yo, yo, yo! Sup, guys? How we doing? What's going on? Uh, who's about? What's the happy haps? And all the usual stuff people say at the beginning of podcasts. Uh, if it's your first time listening, hello! This is A Thompson and Other Disappointments, and I'm your host, A Thompson. Uh, if you found me on Twitter or TikTok, uh, or in the hugely unlikely event that I've shown up on your YouTube homepage, because fuck that algorithm, Jesus. Uh, welcome, welcome to this this um, this dance through dystopian doom lols, this country fair of country, this gallivant through gallows humour, uh, and indeed through the worlds of politics, satire, and uh, shit. Uh, this is a, a show that leans into what I like to call uh, binfluencer culture. Again, if you if this is your first time listening, uh, basically it's not inspiring, it's not uh, uplifting, or you know hashtag live your best life. It is muckraking. It is reflective of all things awful, and then pathetically, though perseveringly, uh, attempts to find the funny in. And you are welcome here, guys. Pull up a chair, crack open a beer. Um, I was thinking the other day, like, I don't know, like maybe maybe a better way to market the pot might be to say, like, it doesn't find the funny in it, but actually instead, this podcast just bombards you with awfulness, you know, just retailing how bad things are to you. And then here's, right, here's the clever marketing angle, right? Like, it's all so bad. You know, tax rises this, COVID deads that, uh, COVID deaths that even, climate change, uh, corruption over here. Like, it's all so depressing and unchangeable. You stand very, very little chance of changing any of these things. And I bombard you with all of it until my listeners collapse into hysterics <laughs> and then subsequently you know later on you get confused and misassociate those hysterics hysterics with laughter and good times <laughs> like late later on you're like well i i remember laughing but i mean i don't, I don't actually remember what was actually so funny you know <laughs> That's that is the angle that we're going for with this podcast. Again, if it's your first time listening. Um, anyway, quick quick shout out to the Patreon backers. Of course, you guys are the dogs bollocks, the mutts nuts, the cats whiskers, your besties testies. Um, the other night was our first Patreon meetup, which was good fun. Uh, beer was flowing, laughter was had. Uh, tequila was also had, <laughs> which gave me, um, oh Christ, gave me an eye grain hangover at my daughter's second birthday the following day. Not a great look. Um, anyway, uh, a couple of, couple of you guys brought me little gifts, which was nice, you know, feels good. Uh, when people value what you do, when when people bring like a little token of their appreciation with them, you know, to, to meet you and they hand it over to you, like a little gift, you know, it's nice, man. It's sweet. Uh, but yeah, I could I could tell you now, no one 
from the NSPCC is going to be bringing me any fucking parenting awards <laughs> for the day after that meetup. I was just ugh, not my best self uh, is probably the category I would put it in. Just this, you know, hungover, sweaty, low energy, you know, the daughter's birthday. Just should we should we sing happy birthday? I'm like. Okay, fine, but just, you know, not not too loud, yeah? <laughs> like, everyone's singing happy birthday to this, you know, this objectively beautiful two-year-old girl. And it's wholesome, and there's a cake, and there's presents, there's wrapping paper, and then there's me. There's, you know, this pale, sweaty, just tired and grumped out, you know? <laughs> Like they get they get one line through of happy birthday and I'm interrupting like I, I, I think she gets the idea you know C can we move on <laughs> like no aid you sing too so yeah parenting awards may need to wait till 2023 till the nomination is next year or whatever I was uh I was like that one employee at the Christmas party you know. That one person that had a shit end of year review. <laughs> so everyone else is like laughing and joking and having a good time. And they're just not into it at all. <laughs> that, was, that was me on Friday. Um, or like, like, it felt like that scene in Old School. Have any of you seen that movie, Old School? With like Will Ferrell and Luke Wilson and Vince Vaughn. It was a comedy movie, right? Late 90s. Uh, sort of Anchorman kind of time. And, uh, and Will Ferrell's just got divorced or he's just separated in it from his wife. Like, they're all kind of, you know, single or, like, very, very married. And, it, like, anyway, he's getting hammered all the time in it. And he goes to this kid's birthday party. And there's these little farmyard animals there, you know, for the, like, little kids. They like animals. So they get the farmyard animals in. And just in case one of these animals gets a bit unruly, they have a trank dart, you know, like at the side just in case just in case they have to send it to sleep and anyway will ferrell gets shot in the fucking neck with this trank dart like into his neck and obviously it starts to take effect and so then he stumbles out and falls into the cake and knocks the table over while while everyone else is like singing a nice happy birthday song and he collapses into the pool you know i mean like i wasn't i wasn't that bad but I wasn't that good either. So, um, I don't know. If, you, if you're really interested in how bad I was the next day after the Patreon meetup, um, I wasn't sick. <laughs> like, I got I got rid of my headache with some Nurofen, like, straight off the back. Like, woke up with my eye. I was like, well, fuck this. This, is, this has to go. So I, I smashed, like, three Nurofen, and then I, you know, knocked back a coffee. And then we went pumpkin picking. And we got some food and I chased my kids around and, you know, carried them and it was fine and it was good fun. But like, you know, you know, when you just have a horrid headache and a anxious chest, you know, hangover, chest anxiety, just lots of deep breathing. And this sort of vague hope that you collapse into a coma for a bit, just for a bit, you know. But yeah, for, for clarity, I never let my own like steadfast cretiny get in the way of you know being there for the kids i just don't that is just off limits so you know at the meetup tequila fine 
three bags of cocaine and a bomb of Mandy, probably not. You know, like, like I need to be functional the next day. I basically, I just need to be, you know, like externally a good dad still, right? You know, running around, carrying my daughter, tickling my son, serving up cake, helping them blow out the candles. Externally, I'm great. It is just inside that I'm fucking dying. Just a pickled, rotten mess. You know, <laughs> like, like a Damien Hirst piece. Or some shit, you know? Just like outside exhibition, you know, showpiece. Internally pickled the fuck out. Anyway, so, where was I? Patreon meetup. So the first Binfluencer cult meetup. And it was uh, it was lots of fun, you know? I'm going to do another one when we reach 25 Patreon backers. So that's like only another 11 to go. Um, and I should probably mention, as, as I did the other night, that uh, I think me and Supertansky are uh, looking at doing, you know, a stand-up comedy or, like, panel discussion night or something in February. Uh, so I'll, I'll put the details of that onto the Patreon first. Uh, you know, along with all the episodes, we put that on them, uh, put those on there first also, and the Discord chat that we're all on, that's all on there too. Uh, so if, if that is of interest to you, uh, then jump on patreon.com forward slash Aid Thompson with an I-N on the end. Uh, anyway... Look, let's get into this. Uh, there's loads going on, as ever. No shortage of nonsense to touch on today. Um, so here we go, you know. Stand back while I rudely barge my way into it, you know. Like like politics is a, a calm, quiet office foyer, and I'm Kanye West storming it. Like, oh, fuck, fuck out of my way, motherfucker. I'm here. Um... So uh, that's a reference to, I don't know if you saw the news the other day, he just turned up at one of these big clothing companies that sponsors him, just rocked up there into the foyer demanding a meeting like a totally sane person. Where is that headed? Um, anyway, I haven't done an episode about the US for a while, so uh, I wanted to touch on that today because uh, it's all gotten very weird over there. Can we agree on that in these divisive divided times that the US is getting very weird. The US is at civil war with itself. It just doesn't fucking know it yet. Like it hasn't accepted it. I don't know how you can get, how can you get like a cavalcade of cunts storming into government buildings and threatening to hang the vice president for refusing to subvert democracy and all the other weird shit they've done. <laughs> I don't know how you can get to that and not go, yeah, I mean, this is terrorism, is what this, you know? Like, I think, I think I remember writing a few weeks ago, or maybe, maybe I said it in the podcast, I don't know, uh, that the US is probably only months away from a terror cell popping up. In fact, I did, I did do it on the podcast. I said something about this when I was in Thailand. I remember the exact place I was. I was like, they're only a few weeks or months away from a terror cell popping up and claiming that they're, you know, they're fighting to be liberated from the tyranny of Joe Biden's election stealing communism or, you know, or, or whatever. And I think I said, you know, they would be called this or they would be called that. And now, like, where are we at? The last few days, we're at the stage where Nancy Pelosi's, you know, like 
Oh, what is she? She's fucking Speaker of the House of Representatives, right? And her own house is getting invaded by one of these QAnon lunatics. That is what just happened. Her husband getting smashed up with a fucking hammer. Like, he's okay. He'll survive, apparently. But fuck me. You know, that's where we're at now. Like, when is someone like Biden going to go, you know, when, when is he going to call a spade a spade? When is he going to come out and go, you know what? If you're affiliated with QAnon now, congrats, you're officially a fucking terrorist organization. Like, I'm done with this bullshit. You know, like, like it was fun when it was the pedophile pizza parlor thing. Like, it was it was funny when it was just a bit of, you know, like the Clintons are a secret mafia family that off motherfuckers when they don't play ball. Like, you know, I like the Sopranos too, but this shit is too wild now. Like, when is someone actually going to say that? that this shit is terrorism. When are they going to call it that? Because this isn't the first or, or, you know, the watershed moment, by the way. Like, wasn't there a guy last year or a couple of years ago in a minivan and it had stickers all over it about Trump? And wasn't it, like, packed out with homemade explosives or something? Like, I remember that. And I remember an old comedy friend of mine, Steve McLean, saying something like, you know, well, who who radicalised him? Like, that there is a radicalised man. So where has he picked up these ideas that, you know, he needs to, to pack his van full of... Ex- like, where does that come from? And then there was another guy more recently that tried to drive up on the lawn of the White House. That was this year. Like, these people legit think that election was stolen. Completely brainwashed. Total horseshit. I think the lawn guy, did he get, did he get shot the fuck up before he was able to do anything, I think? Am I remembering that correctly? It's all, like, so much happened so quickly now that it's like some of the details get fuzzy. But, like, I, I, I think... The only thing that's missing from this backdrop right now, from all this terrorist activity, and I, w- I will call it that, because that is what it is. Because remember, right, that with terrorism, the definition of it is that it's a sort of, you know, an organised attack designed to bring about political or ideological change through terrorising people, right? And the only thing that's missing from that definition right now is, is the organised part, right? <laughs> like... Like, invariably, it's some fucking idiot that's been sat watching Fox News too much. You know, he's, it's like a bad apple. It's like an ad hoc thing. He just decides that he's had enough. Off he goes. Solo. It's like, you know, is is QAnon a terrorist organisation? Well, they, you know, they would be if there was actually some serious organisation going on. They are the word organisation away from being a terror organization. That is where, where they are. Right now, it is just sporadic events, you know, bad apples, ad hoc, you know, solo things. They are invariably, as I say, you know, radicalized, flaggy Fox News fuckers who wake up one morning, roll over, they kiss their wives. You know, the wife goes out to the nail salon and, and while she's out, he finishes his shitty filter coffee and 
peanut butter jelly toasty. And, you know, he puts on his best short sleeved shirt with a shirt pocket and his, you know, I'm painting a picture here for you. Bear with me. His favourite red cap on takes one last look at the news and it says something like Biden to pardon marijuana sentences. And he goes, well, fuck this shit. You know, just pushes him a bit too far. Like, today's the day these motherfuckers have to die. You know, like, like fuck his wife, their kids, the holiday they just booked, the cruise, his pension that won't pay out if he dies in an act of self-inflicted terror. Like, fuck all that. He's had enough. This ain't my America. He screams to himself in the mirror. And he storms out and he swings open his white picket fence all angry. And it swings back and smacks him in the balls. He's like, God damn it. And then he clambers into his Mustang, strapped with his favourite two assault rifles that he just bought from aisle seven in Walmart. And he goes out and he does something ferociously dumb, thinking he's sticking up for the real America, in inverted quotes, right? He thinks he's doing his bit for freedom against Biden stealing the election or whatever. Like, right now, that's kind of all it is. And some people get shot up or blown up or hammer attacked, and it's sad. But luckily, for now, it is just isolated. Like, one-off ad hoc incidents here and there. But imagine if it was organised. Imagine if they had an HQ and funding and Steve Bannon behind a desk, you know, with five monitors in the nerve centre of the real American Freedom Network, or, you know, whatever. Whatever it would definitely be called. Imagine how bad that could get. They got Tucker Carlson on speed dial. They're just like, yes, don't don't call it that, call it this. Say that they were liberating. It's not terror. They were liberating. It was, you know, how bad could that get? And that is not that far away from, from where we are right now. Because before it was a guy driving up the lawn of the White House because, you know, what? It was like, it was, oh, that, that's right. It was a week that Trump got raided by the FBI. This fucking idiot's, you know, taking it to heart. Like Donald Trump's his favorite pop star. Like, no, you don't get to do that to Donald. Donald is America. I love Donald. Leave, leave Britney alone. It's like that sort of, you know, diehard love. Drives up on the lawn. Secret Service driver, bap, 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 you know, shot the fuck up on the lawn. Dead slumped over his MAGA-covered steering wheel or some shit. You know, before it was that, now it's escalating to the House of Representatives' husband getting bludgeoned. You know, that's where it is now. So where does it go next? Like, and I, I tell my friends stuff like this. I say shit like, you know, America is basically at civil war with itself already. And they're like, you are being hysterical, Aid. You sound crazy right now. Do you understand how crazy you sound, Aid? And I'm like, guys, like, it, it started with Trump telling them to stop the count. Right? Do you remember that? Stop the count, stop the count. With him trying to pressure the Georgia guy to find more votes. Do you remember that? With the January the 6th stuff? And it, you know, escalated to the backlash on the FBI raid. And now it's now it's escalated again to this poor fella getting his skull cracked open 
in his wife's house or, you know. I'm like, where do you think this is headed? <laughs> Open your fucking eyes. Like, who, who would see all of these components forming? Who would see all of these chapters developing with all these characters saying the shit that they say? Who would see all of these pieces, these chapters, these characters, and then go, yeah, no, this, um... This seems like a romantic comedy, Aid. Yeah, no, this is... Everything is normal and uh, happy here. Like, no! This is looking really, really bad. I don't know, man. Like, do you ever... Do you guys ever look at UK politics and go, like, wow, this is, uh, this is batshit. You know, with, like, proroguing, lying to the Queen, Brexit... You know, even even aspects of Brexit, like right now, like we're talking about, you know, growth, 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 and everything is about growth. And we need to find a way to in instill growth. And the second that you go, yeah, we'll join the fucking single market. No, 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 no. Like, <laughs> it's such an obvious solution that would immediately rally the pound and bring back growth to some extent in some capacity and yet completely off the table. And you look at stuff like that and the proroguing and the line to part and, and the obvious gaslighting. You look at the UK and our politics and you go, wow, things are batshit. And then you look at the US. <laughs> and it's like, it's like seeing, you know, episode seven from the next season, isn't it? <laughs> Like, next time on Horsefuck Democracy, and you see the little snippets in the trailer, like, whoa! That's how weird it's gonna get? Jesus! Yeah, stick around. Things are gonna get really, really messy. Like, <laughs> people are gonna fall out with their families and raid their local authorities, and they're gonna plant Union Jacks in there and take selfies while they're dressed up as beef eaters or some shit. Like, Six people are going to die in a raid of the Houses of Parliament. People are going to try to drive into the House of Commons, aid with a car packed with explosives because they think they're defending the real Britain or some shit. Shit is going to get nutty in the next season. Like, that's how I see the US now. It's like, you know, it's, it's like Britain, but one season ahead, you know? <laughs> Like, whoa, that's that's how weird it's going to get. Yeah, stick around. Do, uh, do I have to? <laughs> like... But with the UK, like, you know, obviously most of our issues right now, certainly in the immediate, most of our issues kind of, it feels like they started in 2016, right? And things have gotten weird. We can all agree on that much. The constant, you know, vandalizing of, of the UK's processes and institutions and, you know, the lying to the monarchs and the proroguing and, it, and then the attempts to rezone constituencies. It's, you know, well, else? Like the lying at the dispatch box to, to no repercussions, seemingly like like it's all insulting and alarming. Absolutely. But but then you look at the states and it's like it's like looking at your granddad as an indication of where you're headed, <laughs> isn't it? You know, like you look at him, then you look at yourself, then you look back at him. 
And you say like in your internal monologue, you're like, that's what I'm going to turn into, really? <laughs> you're like, oh, God, maybe I should eat better. Maybe I need to calm down on the brandy. <laughs> it's like looking at your granddad. Like, that is that is where this ends. Okay, great. Except there is no such reflection here in the UK versus the US. You know, we don't nationally. I mean, some of us do. But nationally, we don't look at the US and go, okay, we better watch out. You know? It's more like, oh, wow. The Yanks are doing this hip new thing called anti-vax. Maybe we could do that here. Like, <laughs> no, don't, we don't have to do that. We don't have to try to replicate every fucking shit thing that they do. No, 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 I think we should. I think it looks really cool. Like everything, all the worst elements of American society get brought over here and rolled out, don't they? You know, shit TV shows get remade in Britain except with one twentieth of the budget. <laughs> so immediately they're awful. And then, you know, anti-vax movements and conspiracies, whether they're, you know, about election stealing or Starmer letting Savile off, like, you know, like, make no mistake, by the way, that if it is the choice, like this is how far the UK political discourse has sunk, like through the bottom of the barrel, right? If it is the choice between allowing Labour to win a free and fair election or running some Trump game, <laughs> you know, like Starmer stole the election. Honestly, can you honestly say amongst the lies, the misrepresentations, the opportunism, the disingenuous reframing that we see on a daily fucking basis, and have done for the last few years. And and by, you know, the, I talk about them a lot, but like the low rent, high risk integrity bins that we have in cabinet. Can you honestly say that they wouldn't opt for running some Trump shit? He stole the election. Starmer's win was not legitimate. If it was the choice out of just saying, yeah, we lost. I'm sorry that we lost to our constituents and those that put their faith in me. I'm sorry that that happened. If it was a choice of that, or running some of this crazy fucking rabid Tory ultra nonsense that looks weirdly similar to republicanism in its current form. Which do you think they'll go for? So, yeah. Looking at the US right now does sort of feel like gazing into the future to some extent. I see America as this sort of, um, like, uh, actually, wait, you know what? Hold on. Quick, quick pause. Sip a beer. Oh, that's fucking delicious. I, I see America as this sort of, um, like, if I had to give it a trashy documentary title, right? Like, I would call it, um, I would call it When Untethered Capitalist Conver Conservatism Runs Riot. That's what I would call it. When untethered capitalist conservatism runs riot. The untethered bit there. Untempered even. Because that is kind of what it looks like. Like it's supposed to be this amazing country where freedom trumps all and everybody is equal. Right? It's in their constitution. But the reality 
is that, you know, corporations and specifically banks run the fucking show. Like it's, you know, so it's like when untethered capitalist conservatism is not chained or held back by any metric. That's what it feels like. It's like, you know, yeah, hi, I, I heard everybody's equal. Uh, so can I get a good education? Uh, not in your neighborhood. <laughs> the fuck out of here. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. Uh, but, but if I work hard and overcome the poor standard of education in my neighborhood, could I then go to the same university as you? <laughs> Are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> no. My father paid $300,000 for my college education. How much has your dad got? Oh, well, uh, he's actually uh, $90,000 in debt to the hospital for his hernia operation. Okay, well, here, here's what you do. You, uh, you go get your dad and his hernia and you fuck off. Like, that is, that is the extent to which all men are created equal <laughs> in the U.S., you will not have equal education and therefore equal life chances. You will not have equal opportunity. You will not have equal hospital bills. You, you are not equal. It is like in, in what warped reality is that all men being created equal? Do you know what I mean? Like America's focus on equality and freedom and, you know, it's... It's like Brexiter's obsession with sovereignty and patriotism, isn't it? Like, it's the same thing. Like, it's just a, a lightweight sheen that they put on things when convenient. You know? America's equality and freedom is Brexiter's sovereignty and patriotism. It's that they're, they're fluffy, cuddly words that they wrap around you and they provide fleeting comfort, comfort, almost childlike comfort. But then when you actually need those things, when, when someone somewhere needs to leverage off those things, you know, whether it's true equality or, you know, someone with power to show that they do love their country or countrymen to look out for them, you know? Or that there is some vague sense of community to Britons everywhere. You know, I love my country. Like, Britons united. We are all together. You know, that sheen then comes off in a fucking instant, doesn't it? When the shit hits the fan. When it's like, okay, so you love your country, right? So you love the NHS and you love the history of fighting oppression and the history of welcoming refugees, of setting up a welfare state to look after the most vulnerable. You love your country, right? That's what you say. So, so how about we adequately fund vital public services? No, fuck you. Like that's, that sheen comes off mighty quickly. <laughs> like it's not even, like, like it's, it's kind of a, you know, a parody act of, of uh, patriotism. Parody patriotism. Like, I have had popper's highs that have outlasted Brexiter's patriotism. It comes off that quickly. I have had sex with beautiful women that has lasted longer than Republicans' commitment to equality. That shit comes off mighty quickly. But I, uh, but I thought I had the constitutional right to 
pursue my happiness. No, 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 you, you got the constitutional right to pursue these job openings. These ones here, right. I mean, that one's just a car center. Yeah, that's it. That's you. You work in a call center or a box factory or this fucking shop down the road. But don't I, don't I get to pursue my dream? No, fuck off. Like, I'm not going crazy here, am I? Like, like that is what it likes. Uh, that is what it, it, it is like. Sorry. You can tell I'm getting worked up now, fumbling my words. It is like pl maybe plastic patriotism is a better way, you know, rather than parody patriotism. But you get what I mean. It's just words, you know, it's just words that people like Trump and Farage and Marjorie Taylor Greene and that lot. It's words that they like to sing. But it is very much lip lip syncing, right? They're singing them, but it's lip syncing. They're not their words. They're not really singing them or feeling them. You know, they're just words they have to say to perform that role in that moment. Right? It's like karaoke. It's like, you know, you didn't write the song. You don't even really feel the emotions that the person who did write the song was feeling when they wrote it. You're just there saying the words. And if you, you know, if you pick off the scab, like what is actually running underneath? It is pure contempt. It is pure, don't bother me with your problems, you know? They're your problems. Go fuck yourself. Like, I thought you said you were sticking up for, uh, like, the real Americans. I thought, like, you said that. You said you were going to stick up for the real Americans. No, 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 you, you're misquoting me. You, you're taking me out of context. Well, it's, it says it right here. Where, 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 where does it say that? Right here. It says, it says I'm sticking up for real hardworking Americans, and this is not out of context. That is literally what you said. Oh, uh, right. Well, um, I, I mean, I was, uh, I was sticking up for your rights and liberty to, uh, to, to work hard. <laughs> and, and that's why I've slashed the legislation to prohibit corporations from mandating 18-hour days through your weekend. I stuck up for your right to never have any time off. <laughs> your right to work hard. All right, uh, okay, well, uh, uh, thanks. You're, you're welcome. And, uh, and, and God, God, oh, God bless America. Yeah, God bless America. That's right. <laughs> what a, what a country. What a world even. Like, there's so many disingenuous performative chances in the US and in the UK, you know? And I'm sure they would disagree, you know. Let's let's try and implement some balance in this hugely biased podcast. But like I'm sure if Farage were here to defend himself, he would say he is a patriot. He does love his country. He just wanted out of quote unquote the European project. And he's not exploiting the simpletons who are too stupid to understand or respect the complexities of trade. And, you know, he's a good egg. He's not doing it to pursue disaster capitalism or to further enrich his friends in the city with whom he used to work, who would no doubt benefit from upending the economy as is. I'm sure if he were here, he would absolutely defend himself like that. 
But he's not, so fuck him and his ashamed ancestors. Um, I don't know. Do you, right, do you guys think... Do you guys, dear listeners, do you really think these people believe the shit that they come out with? You know? Or, or is it exploitative? Because that's a key... Like, I would like to see the dividing line in the Tory party, for example, between the intelligent Tories who are like, yeah, we know it's all bullshit. We all know Brexit is bullshit. But, you know, that's what it takes to get the votes of dumb fucking red wall northerners. So we're willing to explore. Like, like I'm sure that there are. T- I'm not saying red wall voters are, are dumb. I'm saying that's what this imaginary Tory that I just dreamt up in my head is saying. But... You know, I'm sure there are Tories who are that exploitative, manipulative and sociopathic that they are willing to exploit the votes of people who don't necessarily understand the complexities. I'm positive that there are those Tories. And then equally, I think there are also Tories who are themselves stupid enough to believe that we can somehow replicate the trade that we have in the EU with a a few piecemeal trade deals with, you know, Japan. And this place over here and that place over there, that they that would somehow pick up the slack with the trade that we have with the EU and that there are no downsides to Brexit and it's all going to be summed up. And I'm positive there are Tories like that. What's up, Mark Francois? Anyway, but I'd like to see the dividing line between, like, how do they get on? Do you think they get on with each other? Do you think people like um, uh, uh, Johnny Mercer... And uh, Tobias Elwood. Do you think they get on with people like Marc Francois and Desmond Swain? <laughs> or do you think they're just like, oh, fuck, Desmond's coming. Oh, just look, look down. Look, look the other way. Oh, oh, hi. Hi, Desmond. Yeah, oh, great to see you. Oh, I can't stand that fucking guy. Oh, he's a fucking moron. Like, do you think they, you know, I'd like to see them in a room together. Anyway, I'm going way off on a rant here. Off on a tangent, even. But do you think... Do you think that they, you know, they really believe that shit that they come out with? Or do you think they're exploitative? It's like like the question I've asked on a few TikToks or, you know, podcasts here and there. Do you think they're truly that stupid or are they just hoping that you are? That's kind of what it comes down to. Are they actually this moronic or are they just treating you with utter contempt? (laughs) Or is it the mix, you know, that I've suggested a second ago? For some of them, you know, occasionally, at times, they come out with some, you know, true blue, slap you in the face, brutal honesty, don't they? You know, brutal Tory honesty. And it's, you know, it's almost impressive when, it, when you hear it, when you encounter it. Like last week... Or the week before, right? There was a guy from the IEA, the Institute of Economic Affairs, which is this, you know, secretly funded think tank who, via Liz Truss and Kwesi Kwarteng, they found their way, albeit briefly, uh, into advising the actual government on their doomed tax cut adventure a month ago. That whole, you know, low tax or no tax, like a proper Tory budget. All of that was fueled by or rooted in their ideology you know proper free market ultras and they want or you know at least wanted the uk to be singapore on thames 
that sort of thing. Do you remember? Right. Low tax. Fuck public services. Conservatism running riot. And this IEA guy was on TV saying, literally saying he didn't care about equality. Like, I mean, fair, fair fucking play, mate. You know, you know, when you just get so used to the bullshit, so used to the Michael Goves and the James Cleverleys, the obfuscation, the gaslighting, that you just fucking expect it, you know? You just mouth along with the bullshit when they're on the breakfast sofas. You know, the lines that they come out with. You can lip sync along to them like Marjorie Taylor Greene lip syncs along with freedom and our men are created equal, you know? Michael Gove, James Cleverly, Dominic Raab, all of them just duck and dodge and gaslight and you just get so used to it that it's almost refreshing when some IEA cunt slithers on the screen and the presenter says something like, well, there are concerns that this may adversely impact equality initiatives. And, and then, you know, the guy's like, well, you know, I don't care about equality. Like, wow. <laughs> I don't care about equality. That is, yeah. I mean, that he does what he says on the tin sort of thing, you know? Zero ambiguity there. <laughs> None. At all. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Um, we didn't quite catch what you said. There. We, I said, motherfuck the poor. That's what I said. <laughs> that is like a real. Thank you. Uh, no further questions, Your Honor. That is one of those moments. I don't know. It's just. It's just that, you know, in an age of dishonesty. And all the, you know, what? No, I, I never said that. And then you show them a video of them saying it. And they go, well, I uh, don't recognize that. So uh, anyway, let's move on. That sort of stuff. It's nice that in an age of that breed of politics, that sometimes, rare though they may be, you just get a true blue die-in-the-wool cunt on the TV. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't care about that at all. You know, you really don't care about equality? No, no, I don't. it's not even in my top 20 things. You don't care about good people being overruled by bad people through no fault of their own. No, no, I don't. Not, not unless it's Ukraine, really weirdly. Oh, right. OK, great. Like I said, it's just, you know, it's weirdly nice to not get lied to. <laughs> but then it's like, you know, the obvious follow on question from that. Quick, quick swig of beer. The obvious follow-on is like, you know, how far have we sunk that that is considered a roaring success for the political discourse that you just didn't tell a lie, you know? It's like, yeah, he did fuck my sister. Well, oh, wow. And you, you're not angry about it? No, no, because he told me about it. Oh, well, fucking great. Yeah, we, we tell each other everything. Sure. Okay, well... Sounds like you have a good relationship. Yeah, well, as I said, we, we share everything. Wait, you and your sister share it? No, my husband. My, my husband and I tell each other everything. Oh, right, okay, sorry, I was confused there for a second. It's wild, like, how that's a good thing, though, isn't it? You know, just that they didn't lie to you. He's, he just tells it how it is. He calls a spade a spade. He doesn't care about it. Quite, like it but it still sparks feelings of contempt 
within me, you know? Like, I feel like I'm being talked down to, obviously. Even if other people value it for its honesty, that approach, you know, this whole, I don't care about equality. Oh, well, cool. Okay, well, he's being honest. Because it's like, even, even if you're being honest, right, which should be the fucking default, even if you're not lying, which, yay for you, you got through an interview without lying. Great. The brutal honesty itself can sometimes be just as contemptuous as the lie that would have concealed it. I know that sounds weird, right? But it can. The brutal honesty can be just as bad as the lie that would have concealed it. I know it sounds weird. But, like, what if telling the brutal honest truth about this sort of stuff is just as hurtful or, you know, or harmful as lying is to the, you know, the broad political discourse. Like, I'll, I'll give you an example, right? So a non-political example, if you like. Let's try and keep this hashtag relatable. So years ago, I used to know this guy, right? He was a, a fun guy, uh, reasonably good looking, you know, a bit of a party guy. Um, I knew him from my ex-girlfriend, like way back in the day. And then he moved to London and I was already in London. And so I invited him out um, uh, with me and this female friend of mine, mutual friend. I won't name either of them. Uh, we'll, we'll call her uh, Philippa, right? And, uh, and Philippa was a cool, funny, and I mean really funny girl. You know, great to be around. Uh, and, and yeah, okay, look, if, if we're going to be honest, if we're going to be brutally honest and give it to you straight, called a spade a spade fine she was quite hot too <laughs> let's let's just get that out there let's be honest about this so she and i had this mutual friend this guy uh bobby we'll call him so there's philippa who's cool funny and hot and then there's bobby right and i had this stand-up gig and i've invited them both to it and i'd said to him i'd said you know look i'm doing this show and uh, philippa's coming down and he's like, okay, cool, yeah, I'll, I'll see you there. And anyway, he turns up, and uh, and she's not there yet. Um, and she did, I don't think she ended up coming in the end, for one reason or another. I don't remember her being there at the end. Anyway, he turns up, and then after the show, I, I'm always grateful to anyone that takes a weeknight out of their diary to come to one of my shitty stand-up gigs in a basement in some worn-down pub in North London. You know, it, it, I, I, anyway, I did my usual thing. I walk over to him and I'm like, hey, man, thank you so much for coming down. Because it is a big thing to ask of people, right? Particularly an open mic or a new material night, kind of, you know, three hours of shit awful comedy <laughs> punctuated only by my set, which, you know, it could be changeable, could be ish, you know, if it's new stuff I'm trying out. So I'm like, thank you so much for coming down. And he literally came out with this, like, in a split second. No thought or anything. No PR department in his brain checking that it was okay to say it, you know, or think, oh, maybe I'll switch this word or maybe this could be hurtful. or Like, he literally just blurted it out. It was like this, right? It was like... um. He's like me going, hey, man, thank you so much for coming down. He's like, I just really want to bang Philippa, you know? <laughs> like, I was like, whoa, okay. Like, just brutal. Thank you so much for coming down. I just really want to bang Philippa. Like, and you have to kind of admire the blunt 
enforce honesty sometimes, right? You know, it's good to get it out there, to know where you stand. But like, you know, fuck my feelings, apparently. Fuck the gig, whether it would be good or not. You know, whether he liked my set, uh, if it's good to see me for the first time in ages, just straight up. I'm here to fuck Philippa, you know? Where, where is she? Can I can I leave my things here while I fuck her for a bit? You know, like, and that IEA guy, I don't care about equality, is that. It's the same thing, you know? It's just brutal honesty, and I don't care about the repercussions of saying this or indeed the approach that I'm outlining. It's like, fuck four people. I'm here to get my economy dick sucked. That's it. Anyway, wow. Really going off on tangents today. Um, sorry to mix my metaphors here and, you know, draw multiple parallels here with, you know, a comedy night. And the UK is the same as the US and, and all of that. But listen, the Institute of Economic Affairs running riot and the mess we're in now, you know, our current situation, mortgages, rents, the economy in the toilet and so on. Basically, this is what happens when these cretins are left unchecked and actually get to realise their ideas and implement them politically. This is how that turns out. So we should never let them near power again. And in the same way, or very similar, you know, to bring it back to my original point, it feels like America is what happens when conservative capitalism is left to run riot. You know what I was saying before? When conservative capitalism is left unchecked or whatever, you know, the worship of the dollar, the decimation of public services to the cost of the most vulnerable, big pharma, hospital bills, college debt. When all of that is left to run riot, America is what you get. And it's kind of weird because, like, surely the founding fathers, in all their wisdom, or, you know, Abraham Lincoln, or, I don't know, one of the other ones, like... <laughs> One of the other pillars of history of American democracy, about which I I pretty much know Dick one. But like, surely one of them should have said something about you know healthcare or support structures. No, someone must have said something about looking after people less fortunate. Like, what the fuck happened to you know whoever was dictating that stuff down, whoever was taking notes, whoever was court scribe that afternoon. Like, shouldn't somebody have tapped the guy on the shoulder? You know? Like, do you think we should uh, have something written in there about protecting the most vulnerable? Hospitals and doctors, you know, helping them, supporting them in their pursuit of happiness? That, you know, all men are created equal and so they should all have equal access to various, you know, services? Or, like, whoever's taken those notes down that day, I reckon was the same guy that was responsible for taking, you know, 5% of what was left over in the treasury at year end, whatever. <laughs> like, that would explain it. Like if his salary was tied down to, you know, 5% of what was left in the coffers at the end of the year, if he was like, yeah, would you mind taking the notes today? <laughs> and it gets to this bit, he's like, I'm not writing any of that down. What the fuck? <laughs> I could give access to everyone to the same shit, but it's going to cost a lot. No, if I don't make bank this year, if I don't make bank, if this is going to adversely affect my salary, I I might not have enough to buy that slave farm. God damn it. Like, even now, how, how fucking ridiculous is it? That in 1776, right, 
How wild is this? That in 1776, they wrote, all men are created equal. 1776. And then they let slavery ride for another fucking century. Like, how darkly, terribly, awfully funny is that? Just utter country, Just trolling on a national socioeconomic scale. These poor <laughs> enslaved black dudes up at the window, you know, listening in. And they overhear the guy like, and all men are created equal. The black dude's like, for real? <laughs> no, not you. <laughs> like, so brutal. All men are created equal. Am I free? No. Still no. Not You got another hundred years to go. Dark. Someone's going to jump on Twitter and correct me, I'm sure. You know, like I've got the dates mixed up or I've interpreted it wrong. But, I, you know, I think that's right. Declaration of Independence was 1776, I think. And slavery didn't end till 1860-something. So, you know, it's almost a hundred fucking years that you got 40 million black people going, I mean, it, it doesn't feel equal. <laughs> anyway, where the fuck was I? America. Capitalism unchecked. And, uh... Oh, yeah, right. So, so for one reason or another, another like that was never put in. No provision of support structures or mechanisms to guarantee that people might be equal or have equal opportunity. And now, you know, now America is, you know, capitalism unchecked, absolutely. But also now they're just in too deep, aren't they? Like, they can never really row back out of America, as is, I don't think. Like, they're just far too into it. Like, you'll get Biden and Obama or someone, like, making baby steps towards a marginally more socialist or equal existence. But it is just that. It's just little movements towards civility, little inches into something or towards something that vaguely resembles governing with the interests the interest of the people born in mind. It's a bit of healthcare here, you know, a bit of gay marriage there. But then in terms of having a countrywide healthcare plan from top to bottom, in terms of stopping college fees or overhauling their fucking draconian prison systems, it's just nope. <laughs> in too deep, bruh. And I know that sounds like a get out, like a dismissive, you know, oh, you know, look, it's too complicated. So let's just leave things as ruinous and murderous as they are. But listen for a second, right? It's just that they're into like it's like here's how it would actually work. It would render companies like fucking, you know, AXA Healthcare or Booper or whoever runs there, you know, Virgin Healthcare, whatever. It would it would render them quasi fucked. Like tens of thousands of people unemployed immediately and unemployable. And the share prices of these things would tank through the fucking floor. And then the pension funds that had invested in them would fold. And Wall Street would go into free fall. It, like, it would potentially bring about an end. I, like, I don't know if it would be the end, but it would require a total societal rebuild of Western liberal democracy. And frankly, not to get too dark, you know, and scaremongering about it, but it would, it could leave the US 
and the UK and maybe, you know, the EU susceptible to an attack by countries who might kind of see it as a perfect opportunity to invade, you know? Like, you're too busy trying to stop JP Morgan and RBS from enveloping and you're unable to pay for that new oil to come in. So maybe now is a good time to send these nuclear subs to surround the UK. Like, it's not that outrageous. I know it sounds a bit wacky right now, but that chain of events could happen. And even if it didn't get that bad, you know, even if you could somehow isolate just the industries that the government was, you know, killing off, essentially. Like if Biden stood up and went, yeah, no more private health care. It's all government run now. Like if the chaos was just confined to the pharmaceutical and private healthcare industries, which it would not be, but let's just say it was, you're still talking tens of thousands of people, you know, employees, fucked, just tossed on the scrap heap. In the click of a finger, their whole resume is a relic. You know, they used to work in pharmaceutical analysis, marketing and logistics investment or something, you know, and now they're doing a career move at age 53. And the only other company nearby is a Hewlett-Packard factory. You know, it's just... It'd be like turning up to a crypto security interview. Like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a horseshoe smith. Right. Well, why, why do you say it like that? Like, like what? Like, right. You know, horseshoe smithing is hard, you know? I'm, I'm sure it is, uh... It's so fucking hard that someone invented a car so they'd never have to change a fucking horseshoe again. Jesus, your job is old. You're old. Get the fuck out of here. But I can, uh, I, I can still do things. I need a job. Well, this is a cryptocurrency exchange, sir. There's not much you can offer us, I don't think. Like, it would be that times 10,000 times the number of these fucking companies, of which there are hundreds. America is just in too deep with this shit. And it's the same thing with the DEA over there. Like, this thing, it's not just private healthcare that is, you know, permanently conservative as a result of this. It's the same with their drug policy. Like, obviously, the war on drugs is a colossal fail. Like, it's not even close. Drugs won. The end. <laughs> but they couldn't just end that now. Not now that there's, you know, departments and entire government entities built around it and people with salaries and research fellowships looking into it and, you know, a secretary of state for the drug war and there's funding and jobs and programs and corporate lease agreements and buildings and asset sheets. Like, like if, if they went like, you know, 31st of October, DEA employees, 10,000 to the 1st of November, DEA employees, zero. It just could not happen. Just the number of employees that would be destitute or that would turn on Biden. So they're in too deep. And that's kind of why I think they're fucked. They're in a civil war because they, you know, they, they're just too divided and they've got no discernible way out of it. They're in a civil war and they don't know it yet. To bring it back to my original thing. Mostly because, you know, shit like the Pelosi incident is happening, right? And it's a clear escalation in terms of terrorist activity. It's a sort of, you know, it's terrorism in all but name, but also mostly because there's very little that they can do, like the Democrats can do, or that anyone can do over there 
to reverse inequality, right? And thus reverse division. Like you see it with um with the relaxation, right, of marijuana drug laws and with the student debt forgiveness stuff and with gay marriage, right? These are little baby steps towards where Biden probably knows that we should be or that America should be. But they're prohibited from doing anything too radical, weirdly, for the same reasons that our government are prohibited from doing anything too radical because of the effect that it would have on the markets, on pensions, on currencies. And so then, you know, imports and exports. And so instead, what you'll get, because they can't do anything too drastic, because they can't rock the boat or immediately uh, fucking, you know, take everything off of private medical... Because they can't do anything too radical, all you will get is a lot of talk of change and hope and things don't have to be this way and it could all be different or, you know, sunlit uplands or a return to the real America. You know, it's hopey, changey, just... But then with the cruel, crushing irony being that things still kind of can get worse. You can't radically improve things, you know, change things for the better, but you can still make them worse. And things probably will get worse. Because with all, you know, the misplaced hope of things can get better... And people like Biden or, you know, or indeed Keir Starmer, with people like them being unable to realise the commitments and promise that they get elected on, things could be different. Oh, OK, I'll vote for this guy. And then in he comes. When they can't realise that stuff and people get, you know, disheartened, the default, the fallback will always be, well, I tried Labour or, you know, I tried the Democrats, you know, centre-left thing. And nothing changed. You know, I tried believing and they didn't do anything. So, I mean, you know, I may as well go back to the murderous sociopaths, right? I mean, at least they tell me they don't care about me. <laughs> at least they're telling it how it is, Gary. I'd rather have my legs chewed off by a crocodile that told me in advance not to come in the reserve with him because he would definitely chew my legs off. I'd rather that than put my hope in anything anymore. I have no hope left, Gary. Santa Claus isn't real, Gary. What am I supposed to do? And of course, you know, if you were Gary in that exchange, you should tell your mate to chill out, open a beer and subscribe to this podcast because yes, everything is shit. No, it's not going to get better. Things probably will get worse, but at least there's some beauty in knowing that, right? At least when it all falls to pieces and we all lose our homes and we're on our knees, dying of starvation, at least then we can listen to one of these episodes with the remaining 17% in our battery. Listen to one of these episodes from October 2022, before it all collapsed. And you can say, you see, at least I fucking knew it was all awful. <laughs> at least I fucking knew it was bollocks. Shortly before your best friend clubs you to death, for the last tin of powder milk in your pantry. Guys, that's it for this one. Thank you so much once again to the Patreons who continue to support the podcast, specifically to Pingu, David, Alex S, Aaron D, Alex T, Chris D, Rax, Ricardo, Silent, T-Rex, Oliver S, Sarah, 
Paul and Kerry. You guys rock my world. You give my funny bone a funny boner. I'll be back next week. I say next week. Actually, I'm this week because it's Monday. I'm doing this on the wrong day today. Uh, I'll be back later in the week with another solo episode and hopefully a guested one this coming Friday. I'm just in the uh, process of booking that guest right now. Um, Until then, take care of yourselves. Hope everything is good for you and I'll see you on the flip side. Ciao for now, guys. Cheerio. Bye-bye. We outie.